Well, hello, beautiful people. It is Friday, February 28th. Today, we got a good one for you. Jordan Palmer stops by and breaks down quarterback play and Joe Burrow in specific. Like, honestly, nobody I've heard. He is very good. Incredible. I remember him from creating the Run P app, which you'll hear me re-remember the name during this conversation. But I remember he created an app when he was on Hard Knocks that was basically like, if you're at the movie and you need to go, need to know when to go take a piss, this app will tell you the exact time to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm a guy that has to pee. So I love that. I was like, I love this man. Now we got a chance to chat with him. Massive fan. I think you will be as well. Also, Frank Caliendo, greatest impressionist of all time, stops by. And it is a conversation I think you're going to enjoy. Oh, yeah. Deep, real, funny. I mean, it's just a good I, – I feel very good about today's show, and I'm very thankful for the boys stopping by. Absolutely. Also, I'm very thankful for our presenting sponsor. And our presenting sponsor is a company that's been with us since day one. It's SeatGeek, and this man that you're about to hear from is the guy that – Build a lot of the walls in this office that we're in from SeatGeek. Since you are the presenting sponsor of this podcast, would you like to open up with the SeatGeek ad read? Oh, boy. Hey, let's go. Hey, Come on. Hey, hey, hey it's this. easy to sell, Ian. It's mm. easy to mm. sell. Let's go, Ian. Yo, what's up, guys? This is Ian. From- <laughs> 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 Keep going! Ian. Full little Uncle Sam coming out of here. Drop a beat. Just be yourself. I know. I what? I feel like we don't know Ian that well. I don't think at this point. If that was, I mean, <laughs> Ian, I did not expect a rap like. A, 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 I did not no. expect that out of you right I there. I went to the ad mode. By the way, very impressed. Awesome. No, ad mode is next level. That's a side. <laughs> Whoa. That's a yeah. side of you. There's beast mode, then there's ad. Yeah. Mode. I just went full ad mode. Bro, I've never seen that before. That yeah. was awesome. Huh? We shouldn't have interrupted. Go ahead. Go, please. From the top. From, please. Let's make sure we sell some tickets here. You know, Let's go, it's Ian. good for everybody. Yo, Ian. Here we go. Ad mode, bro. Ad mode. This episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. Okay. Oh, okay. SeatGeek is the best way to buy Ooh. tickets. Oh, we put God. all the tickets from all over the internet in one place. Wow. I like that. So oh, that yeah. you know you're getting the best deal. Oh. Best bang for your buck. Oh, smart. Best bang for your buck. That's smart, Ian. You hear that? Why go everywhere when you can go one where? We rate every ticket from zero to ten. So you know if you're getting a good deal. Bro, that's pro football focus of ticketing. You got it. Every ticket's rated. Every ticket. Wow. Is it color-coded? Color-coded. Red, bad. Green, good. (laughs) (laughs) And listen up. Add mode. Special offer for you guys today. Special offer. You use promo code PAT. For $10 off your first order, or McAfee for $20 off your first order. Holy shit, Ian. And even better, yeah. you're supporting the small business. Yes. And that's what it's about. Well put. You're supporting that you is. guys. Every time you use that code, I sit in my little nerd chair looking at my computer, and I see how you guys do. Oh. The more people who use that code, the more money I give to this small support business. Us. Oh, oh. Support us. Support us. This so is a new podcast. Them. We need money. That's Dude, right. We need good. money. Hey, we you do. got a sponsor today. <laughs> we do. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Everything's fine, actually. We don't anymore. <laughs> it doesn't hurt, though. <laughs> but SeatGeek, what we like to do whenever we move tickets for you guys 
is we like to say thank you for you investing in us, which mm-hmm. is really a thank you to everybody involved. Mm-hmm. So that's a big deal. You've been a large part yeah. of this small business. I would yeah. shake your hand, but Billy's in the way. Hashtag real talk. Yeah, Hashtag yeah real we talk. don't want to pass Hashtag any diseases. There's yeah, no more right, handshakes. Right. Speaking now. of diseases, yeah. handshakes inside are, baseball talk. Handshakes are done. <clears throat> done. Ad mode was crazy. Is Siki <laughs> I'm crazy. like, I'm like crazy. actually embarrassed for what I just did. No, no, no. 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 I'm, I'm gonna turn on no. ad mode Come every on, day, dude. Bro, ad mode. Thanks, Ian, and uh, thanks to you for listening to the show. Uh, remember, we ran a little giveaway yesterday at the end of the show. It said hashtag This is where I'm at, Pat, letting us know where you watch the show, so we can, you know dial up a little data on and relate a little bit better to the people that are listening because we have no facts. I have no idea who's listening or where they're listening. So people send in your photos on the Twitter using the hashtag. This is where I'm at. Pat Zito is giving away merch all day on there. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you so much. Enjoy this combo. <laughs> Joining us right now is a man who uh, pardon my take called a quarterback magician. Uh, he refuses to be called a QB guru, but he's the current quarterback coach of Assume number one overall pick in the NFL, Joe Burrow. Ladies and gentlemen, Jordan Palmer. Big round of applause. Right? Big round of applause. I'm a big deal. Everyone look at me. I didn't want them to waste it the first time coming in because I knew we were Smart. doing it again. Smart. Uh, Jordan, where are you from, first of all? Do you, where do you live right now? I live in Southern California, uh, South Orange County, Dana Point, little beach community. Um, kind of grew up there. Went and played college football, bounced around from team to team, stole money from owners while they hired me to be the fifth quarterback. Hey, respect. And learned a bunch of stuff along the way and then uh, and settled back home in my hometown. Okay, so is that where you run this quarterback guru, quarterback magician, quarterback coach camp you got going on? Quarterback summit. <laughs> yeah, what is it? What exactly is it? So, so really, really what happened is I had been around quarterback development my whole life. Like when I was in high school, my high school coach – prepped guys for the draft. So I was catching balls in high school. I was skipping photo in sixth period and catching Smart. balls from Joey Harrington when he was getting ready for the draft. So I've literally been around it Got a forever. Lions fan back there. Big yeah. Lions fan. Yeah. Jordan, yeah. what happened? <laughs> he was in high school. A kid does I, I was so good at catching the ball. He, was, he, got, <laughs> he got to the league. He had Charles Rogers. And he goes, man, this isn't going to work. So, uh, so I've been around QB development forever. Elite 11, if you're f- not familiar with Elite 11, it's been around 23 years. It's the top high school quarterbacks in the country. You say, well, what does that have to do with anything? Well, it's like 90% of the quarterbacks in the league went through it. Okay. I'm the only guy that's been to every single one. I've been going since seventh grade. Oh. I've been running it with a couple other guys and coaching. And so I was a college counselor for it when Stafford and Tebow were the high school kids in it, let alone when these guys now are going through it, yeah. right? Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields was the MVP of it. So it's pretty real. I've been around quarterback development forever. That's like a fraternity, by the way. There's a lot it of is. guys like doing these college football games on Thursday night. There's a couple guys that were in that Elite 11 or whatever. 100%. And when they would see each other before the game, they would like full embrace. It's where they like become friends. So they meet there or they meet at QB Summit. So I run camps, um, middle school and high school kids, but I have college guys as my counselors. So for example, I heard about this thing in Wyoming, Josh Allen. And so invite him to a summit. We hit it off. He judges me. I judge him. We end up, we're still working together and throw tomorrow. You judge him as a quarterback. He judges you as a human? As a coach. And then so when it comes to draft training time, and the same thing with Joe Burrow. He wanted to try me out, spend, spend a weekend together. I'm evaluating him. He was kind of completely under the radar when I met him in June. Um, and I went on a couple things in media and said, I think this kid has a chance to win a national championship, a Heisman would be the number one pick. Okay, so, by the way, <laughs> love July. that. Can't wait. You should get one of these. 
for what One you of the, I want the hammer of Thor under your desk. Uh, on that thing. I by the way, that'll come son. out with a couple of these phone calls, potentially. That's Good. for me to hit myself in the Good. head. But let's, <laughs> yeah. Joe Burrow, uh, when he goes down to LSU, his junior year, 16 touchdowns or something like that. Yeah. Senior, 35. And you started working with him the summer before that senior year? 35. 40. 60. 60. That's on me. I'm, That's on you. I'm a college football If analyst. you were off by two, I would have let it slide. Yeah, you were off by half. Yeah, 50%. That's not good. Can't be off by 50%. Like, what are these guys a stat guy? No. No, no. Look at the group. No, no, no. no, 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 no. Diggs, this guy had the wrong date on the piece of paper. Yeah. We're, we're lucky to even get on air. But yeah. you started working with him before his senior year there. What was the biggest jump you found for Joe Burrow from that junior year to that senior year to get him going? Well, it was the, the writing on the wall really more. So LSU in 2018 – I'm pretty sure of this stat. I wouldn't leave it to this group to correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I think they led the NCAA in drops. Okay. okay. So there's like, okay, there's a piece yep. of the story. Can right? you confirm? It's not like Joe learned how to throw in July. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And so um, led the NCAA in drops. So whatever the changes they made in the offseason and the work they put in and got sweaty and got extra catches and all the stuff, right? Um, and then they add in Joe Brady, who's didn't run some crazy NFL system. They just added another level of you know, answers yep. really, right? You play with Peyton. It's all about creating answers for yourself. And so, um, you also look around and there's some horses in that huddle. Yeah. He's sitting here going, listen, nobody knows about this guy, Jefferson. Nobody knows about this chase dude. What do you see this running back, man? This guy got Randy's kid at at tight end. You start seeing the pieces come together and, and LSU's always got dudes. Yep. They just haven't had a quarterback since I came out. Well, that's just, is here. that's just like Alabama, right? Whenever Tua got there, it was a whole different animal. Whenever yeah. Tua got there. Now Joe and Tua are being talked about right now as, you know, the top two guys in the entire yeah. league. Do you guys worry about anything with Tua, or are you just focused 100% on getting Joe as good as he possibly Big can? misconception. So two years ago, I trained Sam Darnold and Josh Allen and Kyle Allen. That was my draft class. And if you, I know Baker went to Cleveland, but that didn't happen until a day or two before. It was always who's going to be one, Josh or Sam, at least in the yeah. general public and our thinking for sure. And it, it can't be a competition. This is a team picking a player. Now, you can compete in throwing. I can try and throw it better than you, or I can try and learn more than you, or I can try and be cooler than you if I'm competing. But to try and get drafted higher than someone yeah. is like kind of a fool's errand. Is that why Joe said... Joe said that he didn't want to presume that he's the number one overall pick, even though everybody else is. Joe Burrow is at the point where he's like, I'm just trying to be the best quarterback I can. I have no idea if I'm going to be the number one pick or not. Or is that a conversation that you guys have to have where it's like, hey, you're probably going to be the number one pick, but we can't assume anything because moves could be made? Is that something you have to have? Well, either way, what I do is I don't prepare guys for the combine. I get guys ready for their rookie year. So the thing that if I look back at the guys that I've worked with, there's a bunch of guys that I've worked with where had I never met them, they would be in the exact same spot they're in, right? It's not like I'm sitting here. Like, I worked with Deshaun Watson for, for a long time. It's it's not like... Hey, he's he, really good at football. Yeah, had we never met, he'd be in the exact same position, right? <laughs> and so, it's this isn't... You know what I mean? I'm not a, not a guru or any of those things. I'm just kind of the older vet helping guide these guys. Okay. You know, I think if you interviewed a bunch of NFL quarterbacks, right, and you said, who'd you learn the most ball from, and they were being honest, they'd probably name a vet before they'd name a coach. I've asked guys, and they all do. My brother would say John Kitna. I'd say my brother or Mark Brunel when I was in Washington. The guy behind you, Aaron, would, if he's being honest, probably say Brett. Yeah, he actually did say yeah. that to us. Right? And so that's, that's pretty common. And so, and maybe it's the same thing with you. I mean, yeah. Punter's Vinatieri. different. because I learned not, everything from Vinatieri. There you go. You don't have three punters on the team, but... You know what I mean? But another guy who's older and goes, hey, listen, this is how you got to think about this. Well, for him, it's all for kicking and punting. It's all mental. So getting a chance to be with the greatest mental Olympian, basically, in yeah. the history of anything. It was it was a massive part of it. Yeah. So you're like the OG in the room. You're just teaching him whatever. Joe said now 
everybody knows that not everybody works out the combine. Patrick Mahomes did work out the combine because he came out of nowhere. Russell Wilson worked out of the combine. The, there is elites that have worked out the combine, but now as of late, it's not really something any, a lot of the high-profile guys do. Joe said he wasn't able to be prepared for the – he didn't have enough time or he had a shorter offseason. Well, part of it is why, and part of it is he's literally a month behind. The okay. first time we threw together was in Miami at the Super Bowl. So, because he had, there's mm -hmm. a parade and there's stuff, and there's me saying, dude, your pro day is April. Like, enjoy this for a minute now. Go see your family. You haven't seen him in a while. You're not going to see him for a while. Just won a national championship. That does not happen. Let's not go do power cleans tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> go have a beer. You know what I mean? No, but so for Joe, it was, it was that, you know, it was a lot of that stuff. And so I wanted two full months. Great. So we put a schedule together, and, and uh, he's been throwing for three weeks. So why jump out there and throw right now? He's going to throw it pro day, and anybody, everyone's going to be there, and it'll be great. I thought he was taking a shot at your coaching, by the way. No, nah, that was it. You just, yeah, I didn't, didn't feel prepared because I didn't teach him how to throw a spiral. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, he only had 35 touchdowns left. <laughs> Through eight, through eight games. I will let you know, at one point, yeah, he had 35 touchdowns. Totally. Just, yeah. That's where I was it's at. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were talking about week nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was watching highlights. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I was. <laughs> um, his workout, his pro day. For Joe Burrow, a guy that by all accounts is going to be the number one pick, people are, are wondering if teams are going to hemorrhage picks to get to the number one pick to potentially get Joe Burrow, right? Conversation happened with the Panthers because the Joe Brady tie-in. Yep. There's other teams where people are like, they can go get Joe Burrow. The Redskins, I guess, are potentially getting into the running for another young quarterback. That's what was being reported this morning. I don't think anybody from the Redskins said that. But there's a lot of conversation about Joe Burrow's definitely going one. The workout that he'll do at LSU, what will that be? Is it just like the same thing that we've seen from We're other gonna players? We're going to do something we've never been done before. We're gonna basically going to get everybody lined up, and we're going to say, everybody go deep <laughs> on a hike. It's going to be sick, about right, 40 of them. All right, so we're going to do 30 Hail Marys. Hail Marys. This guy's the yeah. best Hail Mary thrower. you see LSU run this hook and ladder on air. It's perfect. No, no but so, what is the purpose of that? Don't think. So, Just for teams to see them? Like, I don't well, know. what I want teams to do, Joe's a little different because he's the is the pres presumed number one pick. So Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, these guys were like, we're not really sure where this guy's going to go. There's multiple teams mm -hmm. that could take this guy. What I want to show or, and what – any guy wants to show and I don't I think this is probably what every guy who's helping guys for the draft does is I want teams to be able to say I could see that guy running my system mm. so at LSU from week four on they basically only had five man protections and he had a million answers and it worked right very well defenses they the, the coordinators get paid to watch tape too mm -hmm. and so they dialed stuff up against five man protections and they just had answers they wanted five guys out in the route and uh and it worked and so you know, six man protection, seven man heavy play action. The you know Peyton whipping sunglasses off his head on Waggle Five, getting his eyes backside. Like of course that stuff. Um, they didn't do that at LSU, so that's what the a hell big is a thing. Waggle Five. Waggle Five. Yeah. Well, play who are you speaking to right now? There's six kids listening right now who totally <laughs> yeah. go back to class, boys. So um, so that's the stuff they didn't run. Yeah. Certainly doesn't mean he can't. Got right? It. Pat Mahomes looks great doing things he'd never done until he got to Kansas City. And so part of it is if we're going to throw a, a bang eight or a skinny post, we're not going to take three steps from gun. He did that a ton on tape. We're going to get underneath center and we're going to go ride 435 Bob pass, flip our hips and get our eyes downfield. So we're just going to show the growth in terms of the footwork and getting lined up. But again, I'm not getting him ready for his pro day. I'm getting him ready for his rookie year. These are things he has to do to play well. And the thing that I'm proud of looking back on the guys that I worked with, what I was saying earlier is, had these guys never met me, they would have been in the exact same spot. But what I want to do 
but when I look back on it, all my guys have had really good first years, whether that's Deshaun lit the league on fire till he got hurt or Jarrett Stidham who backed up Brady, but had the statistically the best preseason in football last year. By the way, whatever that means, people are still talking about his preseason to say like, well, if Tom leaves, they do have Stidham on the roster. If they can figure it out, it's like, well, preseason is a very different animal, but it is a step above. It's a step above. And the interesting thing is you guys talk about Brady too is, and I have zero inside information. No one does at that place, but, um, New England's one of the few franchises that does not have to sell their decision at quarterback to their fan base. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anything they do Belichick does. They not have to justify their decision. No, anything Belichick so does. anything's on the table with them. It literally- Even riding with a fourth-round pick. <laughs> <laughs> well, legit, because they've already done it with a... Were they going to not sell tickets because we want Brady back? No, I think they're going to trust Bill. Well, whenever Bill cuts anybody, too, it's always like, yeah, he knows what he's doing. Totally. Got rid of Josh Gordon. Like, That's yeah, probably terrible. He knows what he's doing. Yep. Yep. Yeah, no big deal at all. You talked about Joe getting under center in his workout, and I, I don't know if you know Herbert or not, but the, he's never taken a snap from under center. Does that mean anything to you? Like, does, Do you think that's a huge stepping stone going into the NFL? I think anything, it's about repetition, right? And like whether that's punting, quarterback, fatherhood, marriage, like it's just, it's a repetition thing. I'm just a big believer in repetition. Mm-hmm. And so um, he just has to make those guys that haven't been under center just need to make up the ground on those repetitions, right? They need to fall, they need to step in the bucket and move behind their guard and then fix it. You know what I mean? They just yeah. have to get enough reps at it. You're saying it's like you're the big believer in the 10,000 hour rule or whatever. Yeah, I'm give or take. I, I, I don't count count the hours, but... <laughs> I agree, but, but that's the thing. But is talent, like, but I, I'm not going to sit here and go, Justin Herbert's got a really strong arm. He'll be fine under center. That's not why he'll be fine under center. The solve is is repetition. And that's, again, we got... He's, he's with the guy John Beck and Tom House who do an amazing job at developing quarterbacks. Oh, John and I came your, out the same year. Oh, that's your competition. Uh, there's, too, there's too many quarterbacks oh. and too few great people who know what they're talking about. It's not. They, that's why I'm dapping them up right now. But <laughs> oh, so you're saying they know what they're talking they about. They know what they're talking about. So Her- Herbert will be fine. Yeah. He'll be ready to go. There's a kid that's being talked about, Love. He yeah. threw 17 interceptions yeah. in college yeah. in one year yeah. against college defenses yeah. in the Mountain West. Yeah. I heard that stat this morning, and I was like, well, that guy is probably going to be playing in the Arena League, if yeah. I had to guess. Is that an, a fair accusation by me? If you're a quarterback in college and you throw 17 interceptions, you probably either miss or you make a very aggressive decisions. And in a Mountain West conference is a little bit different than what an NFL defense is going to be. Yeah, Is so- that something you can fix? Yeah, absolutely. So ah. I spent a lot of time with with Jordan this off season. Um, oh, okay. So he's so, one of your guys. Uh, spent a lot of time with him. Yeah, and seventeen so, interceptions. No, totally. And so part of this is you have to look at the why, right? So for for anything, you want to get to the bottom of something, get to the root of the of the issue. And so, and this is stuff that he's not going to say to teams, but I can. This isn't me saying here's what he told me. This is me looking at the situation, talking to teammates and understanding what happened at Utah State. And, you know, I think what happens is it happened the same thing at Wyoming for Josh Allen. A lot of these mid mid school I was at UTEP, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was always top in the country in touchdowns, top in the country in picks. Huh. But the reason for it and with Jordan Love's particular is you got a first round talent quarterback, not a single draftable person on that offense, playing against a bunch of other guys where some you know one or two guys are gonna get drafted maybe that he played against. Um and so a lot of times what happens is, is if one's open, throw it to him. If he's not, make a play, son. Uh, I'm not saying that's what his coach said, but that's the situation uh, you get put in. And so it's not, I've seen every pick. I've seen every play that he had this year. Um, a lot of it is he's forcing it and he's trying to make a play. 
Yeah, they're at LSU. They're down 28. <laughs> and to. he's thrown to a guy. This is his only offer. Like, mm-hmm. so what's he should just take sacks? And so that is a habit you can get out of. Patrick Mahomes forced a ton of balls at Texas Tech. Yeah, because they were lost games when they scored 46. Nobody on his defense tackled in college. Mm-hmm. So you, you quarterbacks, I say this, quarterbacks get really good at things that they have to do to survive. I think great quarterbacks are survivalists. That's okay? I, by the way, completely changed everything. Because <laughs> he's potentially, his name has been linked to the Colts a lot, right? Because we're potentially in the market for a quarterback. Nobody knows what Ballard or or Ursay or Jordan anything. Jordan loves a top 10 pick. In your eyes? In my eyes. You've worked with a lot of quarterbacks. This he's guy a top that, 10 pick. In this class, he's a top 10 pick. All right, we got to get to a break. Hey, there you go. will you stick around until the end of the Let's hour? Let's do it. Let's do it. I appreciate you, man. I just learned a lot. Tiny little hands on Joe Burrow. Tiny hands. <laughs> Are you going to train him for that? Like we stretch out the hands, man? Uh, I actually have a thing. I guess it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Diggs has a big question for quarterback guru Jordan Palmer. So Lamar Jackson came out and said that he had a hard time transitioning from the college ball to the NFL, NFL ball. Does that happen to a lot of college kids, or is that abnormal? No, it's pretty normal. So... And once once you go to the Duke to the, like the NFL ball like like when I do kids camps I can't throw a high school ball hey me neither I can't throw these balls well, we have like, here. I look like an I amateur go to demonstrate and I'm like I'm creating a setting a bad example I'm like, well, I pay to come see this guy throw. Look at that um, so it's hard to go back but guys uh, often have a difficult time transitioning so Nike makes two kinds of balls they make a large girth and a small girth oh. so what I tell guys to do is switch to large girth yeah. towards the end that's what Joe did because mm-hmm. um, it's closer. Um, Adidas Under Armour there's different balls out there um, but none of them are exactly like the NFL ball um, and so yeah it's a little bit of a transition for guys um, some guys do change their grip a little bit I had a vet this offseason change his grip a little bit even though he's a vet um, and so it takes a second to get used to but once guys do you know, they kind of never go mm-hmm. back so Joe played with a large girth <clears throat> ball this year yeah so his insert uh, joke there <laughs> is nine inch hands what i'm talking about is nine inch hands yeah, is this such a joke is this such yeah. a joke whenever it comes to the actual quarterback started court? when i was playing is when this started to become a thing i was hearing guys talk about hand size and um there's no way to tell the, the problem is it's like anything like what do, do you want a guy to have giant hands and play quarterback sure <laughs> but as soon as you have guys with nine inch hands like patrick mahomes and jared goff who's got millions of dollars and played in the Super Bowl and been to Pro Bowls, then it's just kind of like it bucks the the belief. You know what I mean? Once it's happened once, it can happen again. Totally. I, I thoroughly believe that's why There's we're also a long list of guys with like 10 and a half inch hands who never yeah. did anything in the league, mm-hmm. right? And so what I've been trying to do is dispel this. So every quarterback that's been on the field with me, I have this thing you squeeze in, it tells you the pounds per pressure. And I just have a little spreadsheet and I'm not sharing it with anybody, but it is pretty interesting. I'm starting to kind of sort the like nine inch guys who have strong hands. And going, well, this guy goes to the Pro Bowl every year. And then guys who have big hands and they're not strong. It's like, hmm. That's going to be the new so, thing. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'll you wait. Have the, they're going to start doing the pressure. Yeah. I've just been, I've been <laughs> paying attention to it. Are you, you're such a creative human, by the way. After talking to you even more. Not only run P, but then every, the rubber, is it, can I yeah, see we started public? Kalo. Yeah, yeah. We started Kalo uh, about seven years ago. Silicon Wedding Rings. Um, we sold the business to a private equity firm this year. Yeah, no big deal. Um, and uh, I've been entrepreneurial and like starting stuff. <sighs> Came out of necessity because I, w- I was always like good enough to be in the league, but not really good enough to make the team at the end of camp. And I kept getting cut. <laughs> uh, got a little bit of seven money. Seven years, zero starts. Like, I don't know if it'll happen again. It's like weirdly <laughs> impressive. 
Well, it wasn't good enough to get in there, but I was like cool enough to have around. I Which, guess. by the way, is what you're doing right now Appreciate for it. every player coming mm-hmm. into the NFL and some players yeah. still in the NFL. Josh Allen made a massive jump from year yeah. one to year two. I think all of Bill's Mafia is excited to see what you do with him this offseason and get him to the next level. Sam Darnold, how's he get mono? Nobody knows. We got to get to a break. That's tough. How does he get mono? No comment. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> but it was a great rep at him having to deal with a really adverse situation, and he finished the year really strong. By the way, mental toughness, real thing that a quarterback needs to have. I think Joe Burrow has proved that, by the way, with yeah. the way his career has gone. I'm sorry to interrupt, but if you're listening to this podcast right now, I want you to take a second and look down. When was the last time you shaved your junk, Ty? Uh, it's been a while, a couple yeah, weeks. Yeah, you're, you're 100% right. It's probably been a while. Let's take a second to thank our sponsor, Manscaped, for holding you accountable to get rid of the funk and to shave your junk. Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and hygiene. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0 Essentials Kit. The perfect tools for your family jewels. The Perfect Package 3.0 Kit comes with new and improved lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine this third generation trimmer the lawnmower 3.0 features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents millions and millions of balls are about to be nicked for you thanks to manscapes advanced skin safe technology and of course let's not forget about the crop preserver and anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer you already put deodorant on your armpits right so why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body it's a great question, Manscaped. Yeah, it really is. Somebody had to ask it, and Manscaped decided to go ahead and answer your problem. When you purchase the new Perfect Package 3.0 kit at manscaped.com, you get the biggest bang for your buck. Subscribers get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer always stays fresh and clean. Holy shit, this is brand new that they're doing this. This is a good move. An incredible deal just got better somehow. Subscribers get... A new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months. That's insane. For a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Brief. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code McAfee at Manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code McAfee at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com use code mcafee your partner your body and your balls will thank you they're just giving away stuff yeah it's incredible what a value promo code mcafee at manscaped.com for 20 percent off and free shipping back to the show joining us now is a comedy legend yeah a man <laughs> who has been around for what maybe 30 years of making humans laugh he's the best impressionist to ever walk this earth he uh, won't say it i will ladies and gentlemen frank caliendo yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 you know you're right you're right you're yeah. right Jordan, stay seated. <laughs> Jeez. Frank, I see you have the Yeezys on. Yeah. You're all dressed up. The last time you came in here, you had basketball shorts on, no underwear. Yeah. <laughs> How do you know? Well, I saw it. You saw, angle, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm glad for you didn't bring that up too much while we're on that. Yeah, my son actually is dressing me now. My <laughs> da- Here's the thing. This is this is the, the deal. My son said, uh, he goes, when, when's the next day? He didn't know I was coming out here. He's like, when's the next time you're going on the Pat McAfee show? I go, wait a second. Do you listen? He goes, oh, all the time. I was like, really tell me more about this because he's like yeah i'm 
getting into podcasts now, and he's the best one. And I was like, okay, 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 okay. My okay. guy. So it's starting to, t- like, I'm starting to listen to my son. He's giving me some social media advice. Some of it seems good. Some of it seems a little off the rails. <laughs> but he's like, he's selling shoes now. He's a little off. Sneakerhead. 15-year-old kid. Let's in go. school, sometimes he pays attention to the school stuff, but he's in calculus as a fifteen-year-old. Uh, he's he's okay, but he, yeah. So he's buying and selling shoes, and he's talking about you and talking about. Uh, he's a he he loves the NBA and everything that goes on with that. He used to be an NFL guy, but now he's totally into this. But I made a realization, and you'll you'll find this too. Uh, have you been on here before? No. Okay. My first time. Yeah. Use the microphone. So. No, <laughs> Sure. See, for 30 years I've only been here for six minutes <laughs> yeah he's quick he's good um, but uh, and every time you that people say the tiny hand Joe Bro and I don't mean to political be political I'm not uh, political at all but I do impressions of people who have political you know Donald Trump I just think tiny hand Bill, big brain Joe Burrow there it is. <laughs> the only cop for him is Joe Montana that's how good he is he's incredible he's as big as a large state in our union um, so my I went to different places. Last time I was here, I went to. Uh, man, am I the most basic human, by the way? If you do an impression, I'm laughing. It's just I, I think I might be one of the most basic humans of all time. I will watch all of his videos he puts out and laugh every single time. I feel like it is one of the. It's like having a puppet. It's kind of like having a. Pu- it's very similar, right brain, left brain to a ventriloquist. So you talk to the puppet. If I go into a voice, it's almost like talking to the dummy. You, you, you know, you watch Jeff Dunham and Peanut. You watch the Walter. You know what the hell? That kind of thing. <laughs> so I do impressions of ventriloquist dummies. Yes. Um, <laughs> Gruden, so, Gruden Walter. Same thing. I tell you what, man. <laughs> I'm sitting. I'm, I've been sitting on your uh, your lap for a little while. <laughs> Time to break free, man. Hey, Coach Gruden. Yeah, man. Uh, Jordan Palmer probably knows a little bit about Derek Carr. Are you guys going forward with him, or what's the? Listen, man. I got a lot of different ideas. We're not actively trying to move Derek Carr, but I'll tell you what, man. There's a lot of good guys out there. <laughs> so we're. I'm not saying we would ever. I love Derek Carr, man. I love. A, you got to love a quarterback who only puts sleeves on once every two weeks, man. <laughs> This kind of guy. I went to I went to see Aerosmith with Gruden. Did you see that? Oh yeah, legendary. And I you might I mentioned this on my podcast. I haven't really brought it out nationally yet. But here's the shirt that John Gruden bought me. <laughs> <laughs> so Gruden Gruden leaves to go to. Uh, he's like, I got to go to the bathroom, man. I'll be right back. Are you an him, boys? Uh, I, I I think I've even said this to him. I go. I feel like sometimes it's keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. And he's like, no, we love you here, man. And I didn't have him define who we was. Because <laughs> that's one of those things where he's like, we love you, man. I'm like, all right, let's just keep it. I think I told you about this before. He he texted me at three in the morning one time, which I think is lunchtime for him. I was like, uh, I just got done shooting a commercial where I did an impersonation of you. And I didn't, I think it's the one where he's talking to the tire. And my only guess, because I'm scared of him, my only guess is that they said he was doing it. He's like, okay, man, you're going to be good right now. They're like, no, no, do it more like Caliendo. He's like, oh, dude, you're going to get out there. <laughs> and you're going to drive down this, man. I tell you what, man. Is that good Caliendo? Oh, I got this. I got a thing I'm going to put up. 
in a little bit too. So it, we go to when we go to Aerosmith, yeah. Gruden, and I can't lift my leg. What is Aerosmith? What's uh, uh what are, what is Aerosmith? That's uh, Dream, Dream on. on, Sweet Emotion, oh, really? That's Steven Tyler. No, no, I know the song. Walk that, this way, talk so this, this way. way. Oh, Steven Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, got it. He's a pretty lady, man. <laughs> <laughs> he, he does appear. Just, just, just comma for a second. You just did an impersonation of a guy doing an impersonation of you doing, <laughs> doing an impersonation. Guy. Those All are right. the dots, right? You're yeah, a dude yeah, playing yeah. a dude disguised yeah. as another dude. Yeah. Continue. You're yeah. the dude. Okay, now I'm going to do Robert Downey Jr. bringing it back. Okay. Uh, do me a favor. Enjoy me. You're doing great. Uh, you and your brother, you guys stand each other, stand across from each other and put a hammock across frankly down on it, okay? <laughs> By the way, the... I was with Carson on a plane, and you too. And I'm five six, and I'm lying a little bit with that. But uh, you're, you're five four. No, I'm five six. I'm not Kevin Hart size. If I were Kevin Hart size, that'd be all five awesome. seven with Yeezys. <laughs> yeah. there's, listen, there's listen. It hurts, but it's truthful. I don't mind. Um, yeah, there's a reality, um, but tremendously large hands. Uh, <laughs> see, he's going back and forth. Doesn't matter. I'll tell you what, man, we wouldn't have Caliendo play quarterback. He wouldn't even be water boy on our team, man. How many voices do you have in your head at any given six, time? Six. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean I just go in and out of them. I think it's more, it's fun. It's kind of, it's what I was getting away from. And you were one of the people who said, "Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Just keep doing your be part of you." And I'm like, comedians are for the most part. And I've never wanted to be this, but I wanted to be something other than what I am. And I, th- I think there's always a piece of that in uh, all of us. I don't know if when you were in the NFL. Did you just want to be an NFL player? It no. seems like there was a lot more. Yep. And you want to be a holder? <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> Grass is always greener, though. That's yeah. everybody's mindset. Right. There's uh, comedians. A lot of times want to be rock stars. Rock stars want to be comedians. There's a there's a, lots of jokes about that kind of stuff. But for me, I was trying to get away from the voices. But as I started doing more podcasting and being able to talk as myself and work the impressions in and go in and out. That became more of going, okay, so this is my thing, and yeah. I can I can own this and go with it. So to go back a little bit. Best in the world at it, by the way. Uh, it's top five. And so, <laughs> so, top five. So I, last time I was here, I was, I was in Cleveland, all right? So I go to Cleveland, and, I, and, and Pat, had, Pat had told me, too, I was going back and forth to Cleveland because well, my wife was there. Oh, okay. So Pat, the last time I was in, I, I was in a bad way. I mean, I just wasn't. I wasn't happy, and Pat sensed it, and Pat Pat knew it, and I didn't know this till after the show. He's like, eh, first time you're on, I don't, I don't know. I didn't love you as, as a person. I liked you as a, as a comedian. I thought you were a good comedian, but I didn't love you as a person, and, I, and my world went down. Like I was like, what did I do? And I realized I go into a lot of rooms, and I act like a real jerk, I, I, like to be funny, but it's especially, and you're from Pittsburgh, right? Oh, yeah. So there's something in that region where you go into a room where there's somebody who's not who's who you don't know and you start acting like you know them and they go whoa 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 whoa, whoa. I don't know <laughs> I don't know anything about you you don't know take me man it's you like, are take, speaking out of pocket right now yes yeah, take take a step back uh, and I found that it's happened to me a few times and you were the one that it clicked with me and I go wait a second I am that jerk that walks into a room and does a lot of this stuff so that beside the point we had a great talk and great talk by y- the way. yeah and I, I I was scared I was only rivaled by Gruden scariness like because <laughs> you have an intensity that happens that shows in super positive guy which is what's part of the infectiousness is this positiveness that you convey that not everybody has it some people can be really negative and win like that you win by this having this 
just you go for it. Everything's go for it. And I was the pessimist kind of person. And I, I see that in my son. I'm trying to fix that in him too now. Oh. Trying to do. But I went to, uh, I went back to Cleveland. I rented a car. I go to rent the car. The guy at the rental place heard John McAfee. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Then, I, then I'm at the airport. Actually, the airport first, I go, heard John McAfee. I go to the car rental place. The kid's there. He's like, oh, yeah, I can't live without Pat. And I'm going, wait a second. I'm glad I fixed this with this guy because this guy <laughs> And not just in terms of people, because I just, I would hate to go somewhere and somebody go, he's a jerk. Caliendo's a jerk. And I found out that there are some places I've gone. No. And, no, yeah, no, it's fine. Other I, than I, here. Yeah, Let me tell you, yeah. this is what happened. You walked in to, the first time I talked to you, I, I think you were talking as Gruden. Yeah. And you talked to me as if I was a punter, right? Which, by the way, Anybody who's played in the NFL could talk to me as a punter being an unathletic human because they're in the NFL. You were a human, 5'4", self-admitted, talking to me as if I was some slappy. On stilts. <laughs> but I was like, man, I'm a massive fan of this guy. Right. Massive fan. Been a huge fan of yours for a long time. And you were just talking down to me like I was a child. And I was like, all right, this guy, like I am a fan of yours, but I'm obviously not going to be a friend of yours. Then you came back in and I was like, I told you about it. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I just need to let you know because I'm such a big fan. I thought you were like a, a very terrible person whenever you so talk to deflated. me yeah I, you should have seen he did he wanted to stop because he was starting to look like i was a sad puppy and he wanted to get away because he wanted to buy me he was like oh i can't do this i can't afford this right now he had a great like, family in mind for you oh, oh yeah absolutely yeah. send him over to the pub but I, I heard i heard some I, I my driver on the way over here goes is this the pat mcafee i go yeah he goes oh that guy's a control freak i go what are you talking about he goes well i'm a driver and he got in one time and tell me if this is true he goes he wanted to drive my car. He drove my car. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> Lawrence, he's outside. He's the man. Yeah, that happened. By the way, the guy, he was driving so slow. He drove my slow. Suburban like it was a Porsche. Oh, yes. He was driving Unquote. so slow. He was driving so slow, I had to get to, I think it was the airport. I had to get I had to get to an airport. And the way he was driving, I was like, man, I'm never going to make it if this yeah, guy's doing great. this. So I, I, I started a conversation with him. I was like, All right, what's my angle to get in the driver's seat here? Yeah, and I literally. started a conversation with him. And I was like, anybody ever ask you to drive this thing? And he was like, no. I was like, can I drive this thing? And he was like, I don't think I'm allowed to yeah. do that. He was like, uh, oh, yeah, you can, man. Just hop over there. We'll drive together or whatever. He's like, all right, gets out, lets me drive. Bang! We got to the airport. Yeah, man, he's hanging out outside. Hey. Me. He told him 10 minutes. I, 40 minutes later. He's going to be so mad at me. This guy. First he takes yeah. my car. He takes the person I'm driving. He's going to think of you the first time what you thought of him. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Terrible guy. Yeah. By the way, I don't know if there's any other driver that would ever let me do that. Yeah. Florence is the man. Ah, oh, I miss that guy. Yeah. I tell that story still. You, you do all the time. I thought, I'm like, I I've driven somebody else's car before in an Uber. I'm you a Uber driver? Kind of. <laughs> Drove myself. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, I love Florence. I, by the way, I hap I'm happy he feels that way about me, that I'm a control freak, because in my eyes, I'm like, that guy's a legend. Just yeah. let me just take his car. <laughs> Didn't even check if I had a license or anything. Could have been any part of it. He was down and he was in. I'm a big fan of his. But Frank, since that moment, you've gone all in on the internet. Yeah. You and man, you are slaughtering on the internet. My favorite follower right now. Really? Well, yeah. I appreciate it. I've been working very hard. I, there's certain things... I still can't get over some of the hangups I have in terms of like things that work. People on the internet then just keep putting more of them out. Like I'll put, I put out that Morgan Freeman breaking down Grandma Sandy, uh, who's like, nah, Mentos, and she put it with some Coca-Cola. It blew up, and that's when Grandma Sandy knew what it was like to work in the adult film industry. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it it blew up pretty pretty well. Yeah. And, and uh, Rex Chapman saw it, and he's like, "Oh, this is great." And uh, blocker charge. I was like, way. "Charge!" And uh, <laughs> and I and and I it might have been you, like a bunch of people. I know when I think I think it was when I came out with Summer All Madden breaking down oh. the Pat Mahomes play. Oh. You you messaged me like, "This is it. This is what you do." And um, so I've been. I found that I have kind of a, tw- a sick Twitter feed. So I've been trying to figure it out. I I, I had Twitter. I have three hundred fifty thousand followers. I had three hundred fifty thousand followers seven to ten years ago, and then I stopped really doing it. I wasn't on it. And in that time, it became pretty dormant. I was also following eighteen thousand people. <laughs> Wild move, um, which had happened over the years. Follow back, you said. I do. I would do follow backs, and I would just follow people, and I wasn't. I don't, you know, it was really that follow back kind of thing. It was like, I'll follow you, follow me. Just trying to get some type of engagement because I didn't understand really how to engage people in a different way. I'm starting to figure it out now. And it's actually fun. And you get to know your Twitter followers. Oh, yeah. You become a family. Totally, totally different than anything I'd expected to happen. Um, But the other day, I looked at my Twitter feed. I go, I'm not beat. I'm getting killed on algorithms here because I will go out and I will have a, a video start out. And in the first two or three minutes, It'll have six thousand views. Good, maybe, maybe. but then it'll end at twelve thousand. Mm. And I go, and something's happening here, and I don't understand it. Yeah, exactly. but what you need to know is you can't control that. Didn't you say your son does calculus? <laughs> <laughs> don't have better lines than the legendary impressionist. <laughs> no, he's trying to help me too, but he's actually been giving me theories on stuff. But I, I went, I said, 18,000 followers, of which I can't see any of them. I don't know what's happening on my Twitter feed. I went by hand and deleted 17,000 <laughs> oh, people my. over the last three I started out like this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow people, that, uh, keep following people um, that I see are active on my Twitter feed. I, that happened for about 100 people. And I was like, I can't, I just can't pay attention. So I just started taking just about everybody Gotta off. Got to do it. Just blank. I looked at yours. You're around 2,500 people following I you. I wish I was less, by the uh, way. It takes yeah, a long time yeah, to get out of there. Yeah. You, and I was, I was worried about people getting mad at me. Uh, I did something else that I probably, sh- I'm not going to mention here. I'll tell you uh, after, but it allowed people to talk to me more. Um, oh, you open up your DMs. There you go. That's the thing I didn't want to say. <laughs> are they currently thanks, still thanks open? Thanks for getting me back for two times ago. Yeah. <laughs> are they, are no, they still they're open? They're still open. Oh, bad decision. Yeah, worst decision to tell you. Um, <laughs> right now, send Frank a DM and let him know he should shut his DMs. Stat. Uh, yeah. No, see, I'm trying to... I, 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 but a lot of people are coming to me and say, why, did you follow, why didn't you follow me? I go... They say they're a huge fan. I go, I just looked at your timeline. Anybody who said that to me, I'd mm-hmm. say they're a huge fan. I go, I just looked at your timeline. You haven't retweeted anything or liked anything of mine. He's not on Team Frank. In two weeks. I go, you do that, you got a chance I'll follow you back. But if you, you're just saying that because you want the blue check mark follow back. And I, I don't have a problem following some people. And I don't have a problem that people only like the blue check mark. Yeah. Uh, it's no what problem. you are. No, I, I don't care. I'll be yeah. a stat. I don't, I don't what do you mind. Need? Not everybody has huge hands. Right? <laughs> um, 
but it was one of those things where I uh, I just I knew I had to do it. I knew I had to clear that out. Oh, yeah, yeah. I couldn't see anybody, and people would say, "Oh, it was just so cool to be followed by you." And I go, "But I didn't see anything." Yeah, you I didn't really follow you. You but, were just a number. But even that eighteen thousand followers, Twitter wasn't putting them all on there. No, I can't. That they're deciding what goes on your timeline and all. So I'm trying to fix that. Twitter Are you thing like you? I feel like you got like uh, big Twitter's coming after you type uh, concept right now in your head. The algorithm's bearing you. They're not putting all 18,000 people on there. I just, here's what happens. I want to let you know it's real. Yeah. But you should not even worry about here's it. Here's what happens to me, though. If I get something that I think is uh, pretty good or I've spent some time on, I want to feel like it at least had a chance. If I feel like mentally that there's something coming at me and uh, if, if, I'm, if I don't do everything I can to try and fix that. Hold on, Jordan. Tell him. Tell him what you told Sam Darnold about his mono. Tell oh, him. So. Frank, listen. You need to hear this right now. There's two inevitabilities in life. Let's get deep here for a second. Yeah. All right. Speaking of Do we have any like nice soft background music I like a Dr. Phil moment? Would you like to write it down and I'll say it all for you? Because the truth is I can make anything you're about to say about five thousand times better. the inevitability of success and adversity. Right? We all go through it, right? I'm a I'm a young dad, a lot of adversity right now, right? Very little sleep and all that. Uh but like, so Sam Darnley has mono as a Monday night debacle and the whole deal Ghosts. for a guy whose life has been re, you know, pretty awesome, uh, had a low point that was inevitably coming. Uh, but I just, when I work with quarterbacks, I, I always say like, when you have adversity and success, those are things you need to get reps at. You need to get really good at handling adversity, right? So you can yeah. be emotional and think about how terrible this is and how everyone, everything's screwing you and it's the worst, or you can go, here's what's happening. Be neutral. Here's what's happening. I do a lot of stuff with sports psychology where you're either positive thinking, negative thinking, or you're neutral. Taking things in as facts. What's actually happening? How am I going to put a plan together and respond instead of just riding the emotional roller coaster? So when success comes, how do I just get good at handling success? How do I get good at handling adversity? So Tom Brady is a perfect example, right? He wins the Super Bowl. You know what he did the next year? Won another one, <laughs> right? So got really good at handling success. And then there was a year where uh, you know, Wes Welker's gone and Gronk's injured and Hernandez is, you know, in prison. And then they like barely lost in the AFC championship game, just handled adversity really well. So when people talk about how good Tom Brady is or how, you know, I look at it and I go, he's awesome at handling both of the two things that strike you. And there's levels, right? Success could be three good throws in practice or Joe Burrow season and adversity could be, you know, a tough afternoon at practice or didn't, didn't finish the back nine the way I wanted to, or a catastrophic, horrible life thing. Either way, you got to get awesome at handling both those things. He asked me to say that. So the Twitter algorithm is catastrophic. Let's see, let's see how <laughs> yeah. you handle those. Yeah, times. I, I, I try to get it out of my mind and just uh, so I can control everything I can control. And now I feel like I'm getting to that point. So for me, it, I watch Russell Wilson. He, uh, Russell Wilson does exactly what you're saying. When Russell Wilson throws an interception, he's like, let's go back and get him. You ever see this face the quarterbacks make? I'm sure you have. As soon as that face happens, game's over. <laughs> There's certain guys you can click on the TV, put it on mute, not look at the score. And I could tell you if they're up or down. Yeah. Right. That's why one of the things I look for is demeanor. Right. Body language is a big body deal. language, demeanor, their face. That's why Cutler um, had a hard time always. Everybody hated Cutler's body language, yeah. but they also only chose Honestly, to show the Mannings. Him. The Mannings. What do you think? Bad body. Poor, oh yeah. Hand palms up and what's going on and all that. Now, did it affect them? They're both going to the Hall of Fame, but, but. The, Lock that down. He said, "How I think, so. I think he's, you know, I think so too." Goals, but yeah. I'm just saying, we have you officially on. For sure. Um, so when I when I look at that, I, it's it's really like it comes from confidence, but it's also just that that demeanor of being able to handle those two things really well. So it's one of the things I saw in Burrow this year, 
is uh, just kind of was flatlined the mm-hmm. whole time. So when you talk yeah. about Russell Wilson, we have the same sports psychologist. I work with a guy named Trevor Moad. He's got an amazing book that's coming out Trevor's right now. unbelievable. It takes what it takes. He'd be a great guest for this, by the way. Yeah. I would Fascinating love to human being. I lo- I'm very intrigued by He's psychology. He works with Zabin. Sabin, too. Nick Saban, right? He did or for did, a long time. He He's in Georgia now. Kurt, he went with Kirby to Georgia. But a ton of pro teams, ton of top individuals. But so New book out, too, by the way. New, yeah, it takes What's what it, it takes. It takes what it takes. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Is it out, is it out now? It's out right now, yeah. There's no way I read it, but... I, People, other people but you who should read, put it like let me I'll like, do it on fair. tape for you son. <laughs> so Russell what Wilson. about me reading it takes what it takes <laughs> <laughs> like you, tried, you went into your groove face right there and it was kind of like a spasm people I, do that right? they listen to, to you it. talk and they start listening like this uh, okay right people do that spider 2 why banana <laughs> that is it was bad. pretty good man <laughs> he leaned over to me during Aerosmith he goes you know Gunther's doing you doing me now man he does it better than you <laughs> Who's Gunther? Think about DC. It. The yeah, defense. Paul board. Gunther. Yeah, Paulie G. Have you seen my daughter do Gruden? The do Gruden impression. Yeah, I think you posted right. Yeah, she's oh. she's she. My son does it even better. My son looked at me one day. I go do the Gruden face. He started making the Gruden face <laughs> in his Yeezys, and uh, <laughs> he started making the Gruden face. I go do the voice. He goes. I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> like, where'd that voice come from? It's got to be higher. You haven't done it for years. Okay. Sorry we, to cut you off. No, no we have to get to a break. That was Let's incredibly deep. Are you leaving Florence waiting for another break? Lawrence, uh, he's outside. He's good. He's Lawrence. Fine. Yeah, stay here. This is all. I love the insight, and I get to be. It's almost like we're doing play-by-play in color. I love it. By the way, epic day, me hopping in the driver's seat of the U.S. <laughs> oh, so good. Think about that. The so fact good. that he let it happen. Oh, he's super cool. He's super coolest cool. guy of all time. I think uh, he had a Bluetooth uh, phone in it. Probably. Yep. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Let's do that next time. You drive. I'm in the passenger seat, narrating as we go. And Uber drivers in the back. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's when Pat forgot to signal, Sonny. <laughs> Combine week. Got two studs in the room with us. Jordan Palmer, mm. quarterback guru, currently coaching Joe Burrow and Mr. Love. Uh, working with Love, got Cole Mon- uh, McDonald from Hawaii, interesting prospect, and Steven Montez from Colorado. Got about 15 pass catchers, too, which is kind of a new thing. There's a, some wide outs, tight ends um, that I'm helping these guys transition. Are you an all-encompassing guy? Like, you teach them the 40 and you have, like, a... No, I, I've got a strength staff, um, speed staff, and then I brought in TJ Hushmanzada. Oh, nice. Great teacher. Great hair. Yeah, great hair. Does he still have that whole... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. a haircut and... I don't know if he's ever worn a hat either. No, because he's on, he's on TV and he's still rocking it. Yeah, yeah. He's crushing it on TV too. He's great. He's oh. a great story he's and awesome. a great person. That's Frank Caliendo, comedy legend. <laughs> yeah, he, he's uh, he's one of those guys that I when I first started seeing uh, TJ Hoosman out on TV, I watched him. And I was like, I don't know. And then I started to watch him more and more. I go, very thoughtful, mm-hmm. very smart, and brings you in. And he's one of those. He's one of the people I'll listen to for information. Now. You've been on football TV for a long time. You were. On Fox from, I mean, that's like our childhood, I think. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, I think like you were the... Yeah. (laughs) Grandpa Frankie. My my dad said whenever... (laughs) My grandpa used to watch. That's jokes we used to do about Bradshaw. (laughs) But I tell you what, he's calling me old right now. (laughs) That's what he's doing. Somebody get my tube. (laughs) You ever hear that story about uh, he had a tube... He had a toupee... 
uh, advertising, what do you call it, sponsorship. He was sponsoring toupees or uh, whatever that is. And he was golfing, and he put the toupee in his pocket, and he wasn't sponsoring them anymore. He wasn't sponsored by them anymore. So <laughs> That's how he ended the deal? I guess, yeah. Terry Bradshaw had one of the greatest pieces of advice to me, similar to Jordan, um, with that. Uh, no, really. That I, I'm algorithm. Not, yeah, yeah. It, it was algorithmic, <laughs> which I believe was a song in 1974. <laughs> He's uh, he, Terry's talking about uh, doing um, an event, like speaking. I do a lot of corporate stuff. He does a lot of corporate stuff. And he's like, I, was, I went there. I was doing a, talking for a, one of these drug companies or something like that. And I was just sweating up there, Frank. I didn't know anything. <laughs> I didn't feel it. None of the magic that normally happens was going through my veins. I wasn't, I wasn't feeling it. I'm thinking halfway through, I'm going to. I'm going to give him back the money. I'm going to offer him the money back because this is so bad. I got off stage. I was about to apologize. And they said, Terry, that, that was the best event we've ever had. You're the most amazing speaker in the world. And you know what I realized, Frank? What was that, Terry? You never want to give him back the money. <laughs> Don't even think about it, Frank. Just take it. Take the money. Run. <laughs> And there's truth to that. People, when you go do, like, <laughs> there's truth to uh, that. I'll do corporate events. Uh, you, hold on. By the way, incredible story about Terry Bradshaw. You worked at Fox, you worked at ESPN. Now you're kind of taking over the world. In your process of taking over the world, you speak at the world's elites of private events. There was rumors around Indianapolis. We're not 100% sure if this happened. You spoke at Jim Irsay's birthday party at his house. You did. Well, you a, heard that? Where the, who could have said that? Yeah, some that guy leaked it out. But then also just a couple weeks ago, you were at Tony Robbins' house doing stand-up there. You like are the world's elites entertainment that was i te- you texted me or i texted you and you 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 texted me back frank caliendo i'm doing it as gruden frank caliendo entertains the world's elite <laughs> <laughs> that's real though that's 100 real like how does that happen and like when tony even, robbins did you know who the hell he was before? oh yeah i absolutely knew who he was but um, i'm saying like friendly on a friendly basis i didn't i hadn't met him before and i actually brought you up to him which i know you don't like me to do but i was like you got to uh, well, some people Tony Robbins yeah, you can bring me up to Tony Robbins okay that's yeah. very very well, I nice I done Ed Milet who's friends with him he and I um, linked it, up by it, the way oh you did okay yeah. great because that's he's a fantastic he's one of those guys you go into the room he's a uh, he does a podcast he's huge on Instagram but he's one of those motivational guys that lives the life and believes it and you you feel it when you go in the room but I, um, where's I going this? Um, the world's elite's Tony Robbins. Yeah, Tony Robbins. Uh, just moved the microphone into my face. <laughs> and that's when they realized Caliendo was a bigger idiot than they'd ever thought it could be. <laughs> Uh, but you've been around for like 60 years. I mean, that's the worst thing. That's a, that's a, it, close. <laughs> <laughs> you look very young. But anyways, Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins brings you Yeah, so I go in. do their event. And I, I'd never done anything like this. Uh, so they're, they're the happiest people I've ever met in my entire... Yes. Oh, yeah. So Energy. I start, uh, and it's positivity. Yeah. They create. I believe it can happen. Yeah. You might go in there skeptical, but you go in. I so I go up, and he's Tony's like. Did you have to do the entire seminar before you? Uh, no, no, no. I oh. just I just went in. I flew in and did a quick thing. I, it was like Batman. Did you impersonate Tony Robbins? I was. I'm working on it. He's got this kind of a voice. He's somewhere in there. Yeah. But he's he's got his vocal cords are almost nothing. He's willing himself to talk. Apparently, he should. He told me he should not be able to talk. He's talked about this power of positive energy. Yeah. So I go, I go up on stage, and I'm worried because corporate events can be very difficult sometimes. Oh, yeah. I can fathom. And I go up there, and I start out with the first joke. I don't remember. I don't even know what I did. But all of a sudden, I said some trigger word, and then music started to play. 
people started to dance and then there was clapping. I didn't know it, there was a DJ somewhere. I didn't know where the music was coming from. And I'm like, I started using that to be the show. I was like, all right, let's find some of these words. So I'm doing Trump doing that. Freedom is a way to make it all happen. <laughs> <laughs> let's go with it. Come on, guys. Let me be clear about this. Yeah. It was a, such a like an amazing thing. And they... They were thought I was, I don't think they thought I was making fun of them because I wasn't. I'm like, this is the greatest audience I've ever been in front of. I'd ne- they would break out into songs cheering my jokes. You've, you, know what a, you know what applause break? This was 10 times that. This was a Broadway show. People come out in costume on a fake horse. I didn't know where, I didn't know where this stuff was coming from. So you're just standing on stage, okay, doing an impression, yeah. doing a joke, and then you hit the punchline, they start to laugh, and then somebody's like, uh, horse routine, and they all start clapping. And there's horse- a button, and people start dancing to a song. It's I don't like think somebody I in the back hit the circus button. Yes! All of a sudden, it's oh, like, oh, is that a lion? Awesome. Unbelievable. <laughs> and the energy lifted me up even further. Like, I was like, this is incredible. And I told them, every corporate event does this. They go, we have a, the, the, we're a great audience. We are a fantastic audience. They're going to love you. And then you go up and it's kind of like, I don't know. And then afterward, they're like, uh, you, you say, like I did with the Terry Bradshaw story. I was like, yeah, I, I, if it was okay. It was all right. They're like, oh, no, you were the best we've ever had. I'm like, but they weren't reply, You know, they weren't responding at all. They're like, oh, they never do. I go, you told me that they're a great audience. We didn't want to scare you. I'm like, no, scare me. Let me know what the actual situation is. Because if I go in front of an audience that I think is usually amazing and I'm getting nothing, yeah. I think I'm failing at that point. But if I go in front of an audience and get a little laugh, out of somebody who never laughs, I'm like, okay, I'm starting to break them. I have to know my situation. It's a game plan. Mm-hmm. You know, it's there's some there's a big difference when somebody isn't giving you energy that you're expecting energy from, or if you know there's not going to be energy and they're not giving it to you, you're like, okay, this is the way it's going to be. I had to speak at a um, at this uh, the sports radio summit by Tony G- Bruno. Award. Tony the, Bruno. The Bruno Tony, Award. That's beautiful. That is what he sounds like. Beautiful. All that's right. exactly what he sounds like. Oh yeah. He yelled at me. He yelled at me at the bathroom of Radio Row. I'd never met him before. I guess we're peeing next to each other, and I didn't look or whatever. And I go and wash my hands. And as I'm walking out, he does that voice and say, "You're not even going to say hello to me. You're not even going to say hello to me without me. There's no you, <laughs> Bruno." And it, it like in the bathroom, like you know how like there's such good acoustics in the bathroom. It like bounced off. It sounded like a real voice of God in there. And I'm like, oh my. And I turned. And I saw the name. Tag. I was like, Tony Bruno. How's it going? Thank you for the award, sir. That's very, very nice of you. He's a good guy. Deep voice. He's a great guy. But I had to speak in front of a bunch of program directors, radio program directors. Great audience. Really? No. 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 <laughs> you had me for a second. No. I was like, what? They were very serious, but they also they enjoyed it. And I was like, boy, did not feel as if you had a good time there. But Industry. by the way, don't care. Uh, that was a big thing for me is uh, not caring. How important is that in life? Massive. You go in and you don't care and uh, you just do what you believe in and things happen. Yeah. It's, uh, That's the move. Yeah. The guy. It's quarterback. Well, it, yeah. so I'm preparing guys for the, for the combine for these meetings and you can't be meeting with this giant famous coach that you've been dying to play for forever. Right. This has to be. What? It's like chips at a casino. By the fake. Way, by the no. way, all reports from yesterday, Joe Burrow killed it with the Bengals, so good job on your part. Well, killed it with all of them because he's just like, listen, my tape speaks for itself, and here's our map. You guys want to take me? You can take me. But that's a mentality that you got to get in. Yeah. Not, okay, what am I going to say? Okay, this was the one thing that I was going to remember, and I make sure that I make this point. 
the are the same questions thing. they ask in there? Like whenever we interview people, my big question was if you were a kitchen appliance, which kitchen appliance would you be? The people that said fork, knife, or spoon, immediately off the list. <laughs> Don't want those people here. That's not an appliance. That is a utensil. Yeah. The microwave, good answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Young Mantis, who's now over at uh, at Barstow full-time, he said he's the microwave because he gets things popping or something like that. It was great answer great off answer. the turn of the thing. What are those questions that they ask those people like uh, in those meetings that are you prepping them for that type of stuff yeah. or anything like that? So what I do is the first thing is because I don't know. Like there's that people make stuff up all the time. Um, a lot of teams will bring a psychologist in, you know, whether they're full time on staff or whether they're bringing them in, they're an interview specialist. Colts had a Navy SEAL guy. I guess. Yeah, they're bringing people all the time. I would, right? especially you're talking about picking a quarterback high. I want to know more than how many touchdowns you threw in college, mm-hmm. right? And so I want to know how you tick and how you deal with things. And so um, what I prepare guys for, which is kind of the blanket preparation, is there's a line on a whiteboard. Over here is person. Over here is player. Okay. You're going to get questions about your childhood and your upbringing and all that. So what I do is I go go through the five key points that make you you. Okay. So I'll use Josh Allen for an example. Okay. So he's third generation farmer, Fireball, California. His dad's his idol. He's got three siblings. He's the huh. leader of the house. When you grow up on a farm and the pipe breaks in your plumbing, you don't call a plumber. Mm. You wake the boys up at four thirty. Get up. We got to fix this. And I'm gonna teach you how to do it because the next time it breaks, you fix it. So he's a problem solver. He's work ethic. Oh. He's loyal. He's from a tiny little town and they're really tight knit and all that. So you take these key truths. So no matter what I ask you, I say, you got any siblings? You better get to one of those or two or three of those key truths. So you are talking about what you are prepared to talk about and you're not rehearsing an answer. Jeez. So psychologically on the person side, we do that. On the player side, have a th- couple third down plays memorized and exactly what it looks like and have a couple drive starters, have a couple red zone plays. So somebody could sit down and say, all right, um, let's say it's a Super Bowl and uh, you know, you're down 24 and this is the situation, it's third and six. Cut through all the stuff, just put, drop your third and six play that you've already got dialed and you already got money. So you also just basically, what I tell guys is, you're just having a conversation, trying to make it like you're interviewing them. Ask them questions, mm-hmm. control the conversation. Because confidence gets emoted when that happens as opposed to somebody sitting here waiting for your next question. The story about Peyton Manning showing up with a briefcase or whatever to Bill Polian and interviewing him is like of folklore. I have no idea if it's true or not. Yeah, I heard but that. such a hilarious thing if Peyton did do that. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, actually... I would like to learn if I want to come here because you don't yeah. know this yet, but when my brother gets drafted by a team, <laughs> we're going to say, no, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. It's, it's an intriguing process, though, because it's hundreds. It's a thing you can get good at. And hundreds of millions of dollars on the line, especially with a quarterback. Yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah, it's a thing you can get good at, right? It, it, owning your story. People go, well, I know my story. Well, okay, but can you get to it really quickly or did you just waste four minutes mm-hmm. talking about something that's irrelevant and I learned nothing about? How much time do you spend on that type of stuff versus on-field stuff or speed stuff? It depends or- on the, the need. So some guys need a lot of that. Some guys don't need as much as that. Man, you stink at talking. Let's get you in. <laughs> Get me out of here. Well, no, that, no, that's what you say to a quarterback when he comes in. Like, uh, all right, you can throw everything, but every time I have a conversation with you, I, I want to punch you in the face. <laughs> Let's get you in here with this psychologist over here to get you speaking. Like, that's a real thing you have to do as a coach, though, right? Is pick out or a Or bring the right people in to help, right? I have a baseball GM who works with my guys because when baseball GMs, when they're picking talent, they have to see you for four, five, six years down the road. Mm-hmm. They have to really think long term. Quarterbacks, it's like, I don't know, Rosen got traded after one year. He's the 10th pick in the draft. It's a little t- shorter window in football, right? I need you to play now. Getting shorter. As we getting do. shorter. So in baseball, 
Um, it's not, right? They got to go through the whole system and I'll see you in the pros in a couple of years. And so just the way that they're looking at it, it was just a really interesting juxtaposition. So I started bringing in a, a baseball GM to work with my guys. So smart. smart. What were you going to say? Mental versus physical. Can you give it a percentage? Because do you think somebody with only a certain amount of tools can overcome that by being in the NFL? Because it's different at each tier. In the NFL, can somebody overcome having just you know a good arm for NFL standards by being smarter than everybody else? Yeah, absolutely. So basically, it's it's more about like the sum of it needs to be a hundred. So you might be seventy percent. I, I would look at a guy like uh, like Kirk Cousins, like Kurt Warner, like um, these guys who didn't you know even even uh, Mark Bolger was balling in the league mm. throwing changeups. You know what I mean? <laughs> Chad and Pennington. winning a ton of games. By the way, Peyton. Did not have a fastball totally. at the end of his career. It was if all. If they called touchdowns back for not spinning, he would have had like four. <laughs> What'd you say? What'd you say, Frank? Ephus. The e- you remember the Ephus pitch? Oh it was yeah, just a softball <laughs> slow pitch. It was Dice K, right? That's what happens when you're 60 years Jared. old. You remember the Jared guys the when Ephus. they were actually playing. Yeah. No Wakefield too. Um, so it just has to equate that. So there's guys who can get away with just being really physically talented, and there's guys who can get away with outsmarting everybody, and then there's guys that do both. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt this show to have a conversation with Evan Fox, who has managed to find a way to make the pub a worse place than it already was. Foxy, please explain to the people how the electricity was turned off by the city at the uh, pub this past week. I mean, classic mix-up. Everyone does auto-pay with everything these days. Mm -hmm. I thought I had it on auto-pay. Apparently, I didn't. Zito just got out of the bathroom telling me, yep, just took a dump, and there was a handicapped person. I was in the handicapped stall. We had to get on a flight five minutes, and then Connor calls me, yeah, power's out at the pub. Uh, What's going on? And then the, the power place actually closed in five minutes, too, and so I had to really scramble. Don't try to deflect, by the way, with Zito shitting in a handicap stall and somebody in a wheelchair rolling up to his stall and expecting him to get out. Zito sitting for two and a half more minutes That's and making sure he gets it all out. Well, Don't deflect with his bad deed with the fact that you go to Miami and now there's no lights okay. on at the pub. T- Miami has nothing to do with this. I was okay. definitely deflecting, though, because I wanted to make Zito look bad yeah, and was, not me look bad. Yeah, but, well, that's why the pub's dead, by the way, because you guys throw each other under the bus. Thing. I mean, but we also stick together. That's why the pub's the greatest. You have no power. I mean, it's back on now. You know, my house almost went up into foreclosure, my first ever house. Really? Thought it was on auto pay, went to Europe, went to some other places, came back. There was a big sign on my door that basically said, don't go into foreclosure, we can help you. And I was like, foreclosure? So I called the bank. They're like, sir, you have not made one payment for in like three months or whatever. I was like, well, I've been out of town. They're like, where have you been? I was like, out of town. What do you want from me? They're like, we've sent you mail. I'm like, well, nobody checks mail, really. I'm so sorry. So I just, I walked in there with cash and gave them cash for like the next six months. I was like, I'm done with this. By the way, that's why I'm bad with money. That's why I'm bad with money. But I almost got a house foreclosed on, so I understand what you're saying. I was technically out of town, but I think it's a different situation. Every off season for you, though, were you just gone for like four months? Early was, yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah, it was good. I almost got my house foreclosed. (laughs) The neighbors moved, right? I moved into a neighborhood. My lawn hasn't been cut in three months. I mean, it's just all, I mean, it's just, I was a terrible neighbor. Head of neighborhood community did not like They hated it. I think they were having meetings about me. I I mean, that's kind of what happened to us too, though. Yeah, absolutely. It actually did happen in the (laughs) chat. Yeah, I didn't get to see it. You guys actually got to see the chats that were happening about you in that neighborhood (laughs) thing. That's sad. They they were very excited when the foreclosure thing was tapped on my door, though. I'm sure. The neighborhood was like, finally, fucking banks can get them out of here. Yeah, yeah. And then I came back. Oh, I'm just getting started. Just getting started. We got flare fights coming in about a week from the, <laughs> you know, you yeah. got to do it. We used to have flare wars 
You know, like uh, Fourth of July, those mm-hmm. the Roman candles, yeah. Roman candles, yeah, Flair, yeah, Roman candle wars. Sorry about that, not flare wars, but you get it. Yeah, we used to have those. Just uh, like ten dudes at my house, just sprinting around the house with. And I used to have like the the super big one, like a hundred shots or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was like, and we're just sprinting around the house, like shots are going over the roof. I mean, we got <laughs> it. Couldn't even fathom these neighbors with my my weeds growing all over everything. I mean, I was a terrible neighbor. They had to hate me, man. But I moved. I I grew up. Yeah, we're working on it. And maybe the pub should think about keeping the fucking lights on so your neighbors entire price in their real estate doesn't just go to the dumps completely. It really is all nice houses except the pub. <laughs> it's funny, it's man. They want you out of there too. So bad. Everybody wants them out of there except for the neighbors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The exact the direct neighbors. The actual neighbors. Yeah, because my girlfriend lives there. The pub is good for one thing and one thing alone. I agree. It's bringing you two together. I 100% agree. And there's a chance that because you guys stayed in the pub that you're building up a, a, enough of a tolerance for bad things. Like the coronavirus could mm-hmm. potentially have nothing on what's in that pub. Exactly. I mean, people are getting fishnetted in mm-hmm. their faces <laughs> and people are getting quarantined. And I still think there's probably something worse inside of that pub somewhere if it was to be found. Yeah, like they're looking pleasure. for it. Yep. Hey, your credit card probably gives you 1% cash back. Yep. But what does your bank account give you? Nothing. Well... Do you, do you guys at the pub use banks or is it <laughs> cash only? Cash only at the pub? <laughs> Most banks give you 0.1% APY interest on your savings, but you should be earning more than that, Foxy. With the Wealthfront cash account, you earn more interest on your savings. Imagine you're trying to achieve something. Okay, imagine this, Foxy. Mm-hmm. Like, just imagine you're trying to achieve something. I'm trying. And it would take you 50 years to do it. Like, you know, become a responsible adult. You know what I mean? Like, it's a long time. that doesn't have the electricity go out. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's yeah, a long time. Yeah. Now imagine you could achieve the same thing in just four months. Isn't that much better? Way better. Yeah, let's just say you have $20,000. With typical banks, it would take you 50 years to earn the same amount of interest it would take you just four months to earn with Wealthfront. Every year, we make resolutions. Eat healthier, get to the gym, get your finances in order. This year, make a resolution you can actually keep. Earn more money. The Wealthfront cash account makes it effortless to earn more on your savings so you can be proud of your financial decisions in 20. 20. That was supposed to be only in January. You got to take that last one out. Every year we make resolutions. With the wealth, I did, that was until the end there. I didn't read it. That's on me. With the Wealthfront cash account, you earn more interest on your money. They have one of the highest interest rates in the market at 1.78% annual percentage yield. That's 19 times more interest than the national average of 0.09%, according to the FDIC, obviously, Duckoff. It's easy and fast to get started. It only takes $1 and a few minutes to open an account. You can even do it right from your phone. No paperwork required. There are no fees, and your money is FDIC insured up to $1 million through their partner banks. Wealthfront's clients trust them with over $22 billion, and clients have earned over 70 plus million dollars in interest with their Wealthfront cash accounts. This, Hey, hey, this Wealthfront cash account is doing shit for people. Yeah. I, I mean, as I read this, there's just a lot of money that is popping up here. Wealthfront is the ideal way to manage your money. You can save, plan, invest, and get financial advice all in one place, and they make your money work harder for you. Right now, you can sign up for the Wealthfront cash account in less than five minutes by visiting wealthfront.com forward slash McAfee. Go to wealthfront.com forward slash McAfee and start earning 19% or 19 times more interest on all of your savings. That's wealthfront.com 
forward slash McAfee. Wealthfront is not a bank. Cash account is offered by Wealthfront Brokerage LLC. Member FINRA forward slash SIPC. Wealthfront conveys funds to partner banks who accept and maintain deposits, provide the interest rate, and provide FDIC insurance. The APY is subject to change. Right now, you can sign up for the Wealthfront Cash account in less than five minutes and start earning 19 times more interest on all your savings at wealthfront.com forward slash McAfee. <laughs> if people want to follow you or listen to you, where should they do that at? Uh, at Frank Caliendo on Twitter, uh, Instagram. If you can't spell Caliendo, it's the letter C, the word alien in the word do. So at Frank C alien do. Um, as well as the Caliendo cast, the podcast I'm doing with Scott Long, who uh, came along with me, and uh, John Holmberg. I don't know. You, uh, you had only seen a little bit of clips, but Holmberg does a ton of impressions. Oh. Maybe even more than me. He's been on the radio for 20 years, and he, we bounce stuff back and forth. And uh, he's actually another guy who's gotten me to to work harder as well. He's one of those guys. I'll start quoting him on Twitter. Uh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> but he, we'll, go, we'll break into an impression, and we'll then both start doing it. So it's one of those guys. I'll start doing Adam Schefter, and then he'll do a Schefter, and then we're doing a double Sheftering. <laughs> and it's one of the things. And then maybe go to a Jake Lesher. This is unbelievable. I've been watching George Paul and some of the stuff he's been doing. It's incredible stuff. He's working with incredible people. <laughs> I actually work out, work out on my way to work out. You do that? <laughs> Anybody else do that? Every, anybody ever see the show He-Man? I played Ram Man. I thought, I I'm trying to find my neck. I've been spending the last couple of hours. Okay, Jordan. Gotta, gotta do Jordan, if they want to find you, where they find you at? Uh, I'm not. I should be bigger on Twitter. I'm not. Uh, Jordan Palmer on Instagram. Uh, QB Summit. Good. Got a ton of camps coming up around the country. You're actually going to Europe this uh, this summer too. Uh, don't. Camps. Maybe not. Don't yeah. go to uh, Don't go to Corona. Going to Germany. Europe. Going to Germany. Don't. But a bunch of camps. Yeah. Cancel the trip. Yeah. By the way, we try not to speak about real life things in here. There's a disease going on. That right. disease is the real one. Heard about it. Everybody's masked up at the airports, except for us. Yeah. So I probably yeah. got it. <laughs> the NFL CBA negotiation is one that we on this show, if you're new to this show, we've picked up a couple of new stations. If you're new to this show, have been talking about this being a massive deal for a few months now. I was talking about it being a massive deal, and we probably, as especially a Heisman of radio show, <laughs> We should have been talking about other things, right? No other shows were talking about the CBA negotiations, really, because I would assume the CBA negotiations don't move the needle as well as other things, especially during the season. But in my eyes, especially since I went through the last lockout and the last CBA negotiation, from the inside looking out, for us, it was a massive deal. Like, this was a massive ordeal, very emotionally charged, which we're all learning. So whenever I saw that these deals were coming up, I was like, yo, this is going to be a pretty big deal. And I'm very happy it has been, by the way, because aside from the XFL and the NBA, there isn't really much to talk about. But this CBA thing is going to cause, I think, some problems in the locker room, potentially. There's a lot of people now questioning their reps for voting whichever way that they voted. There's a lot of people now that weren't in the voting for the reps or the executive committee that are speaking out about said deal that is getting offered to the players to vote on currently, which is going to happen now. The CBA proposal that the NFL put together and the NFLPA put together went to a vote from the player reps. 17 said yes, 14 said no. One person said, nah, not voting either. I don't want to be a part of this. So that'll go to a league-wide vote. And now what that has done has caused some emotionally charged reactions. And we can probably assume that Marquise Pouncey, center for the Steelers, is out on the new potential CBA. Man, crazy, man. I vote no. Our NFLPA, the, the, the dudes at the top, the leaders, man, that all bull. 
that. They ain't looking out for the best of the players. And if y'all want my vote, the Pouncey Twins vote no. And if any player, uh, any one of our teams, if y'all heard for rent money or anything while we go through this lockout, call us. Man, we got way more money than what they had back in the days. We ain't got to worry about that. All the vets on each team stand the f up. Stand up. Show these guys that we care about them. Man, I care about all you young players, and I love you guys to death. I ain't going to let y'all down. Trust and believe. They trying to sign a bull-ass deal just so these motherfuckers sitting there president can go around and smile and say, I got something done. You ain't get done. Okay, so he's a no. <laughs> Marquise Pouncey will be voting no. And I can understand where Marquise Pouncey is potentially coming from, by the way, because whenever you're sitting and you're being represented by people, okay, so when you're sitting back and you're being represented by people, and said people were around for last CBA, and you, there was a lot of flaws that were talked about in the locker room about the last CBA, right? Marquise Pouncey has been around for a lot of those conversations that happened. He's been around a long time. So now whenever the same people are doing the negotiation – and the same people are potentially coming out with an outcome you don't like, at some point you're going to explode. I think that's what Marquise Pouncey did. Now, it looked like he was in a beautiful beautiful weather climate. Mm -hmm. I think he's down in Florida somewhere. Had his shirt off, chain hanging, great music playing, sunroof open, windows down. Seems like it should be a good day for Marquise Pouncey. He said, no, no, passionately, this deal is trash, and the people that were representing us up there should not be proud of anything that they did. And that is a direct line from Marquise Pouncey to the rest of the NFL telling them, hey, just because these people that we hired to negotiate this deal, just because we hired them to, doesn't mean they're right. We want more people to look at it. Marquise Pouncey's voice, I assume, and this is just from the reaction that happened after the Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph situation from the rest of the league and all the uh, media members. I would assume Marquise Pouncey's voice carries a lot of weight. You don't see him do a lot of these types of things. The fact that he's this upset and in that emotional, I think it will draw not only attention from us, where FCC, we had to beep out the entire thing, <laughs> mm -hmm. but attention from the rest of the players too, going, hey, why is Marquise so angry about this? And then you flip on the other side of it. Now you got the player rep from the Detroit Lions. His name is... Devon Kennard. Devon Kennard said, my vote was yes. Okay, so now we're automatically learning who voted what, and players are questioning players why they voted that. Devon Kennard said... Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like I did good there. My vote was yes. When the 17th game was originally brought up by the owners in negotiations, our executive committee and player reps had to ask ourselves, what would the deal have to include to accept the 17th game? I went back to my locker room and received feedback from as many guys as I could. All of the other reps did the same, and the overwhelming consensus that most reps brought back were this. One 17th game check for all players, a significant bump in minimum salaries, an increased percentage of the cap, a significant increase in benefits, and better quality of life. Parenthesis, camp slash off-season schedule, parenthesis. This deal is not perfect by any means, and there are things that he spelled there wrong. Can't do that. By the way. <laughs> Can't do it. You know, they're there and there. They're, 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 they're tough. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But every once in a while, you got to get that right, especially when you're making a statement. There are things that I most certainly... But the, by the way, that slips through the cracks. Mm -hmm. That gets the best of people. Yeah. I don't know if anybody saw the way my lady was trying to spell <laughs> prestigious yesterday, but gra grammar and things like that get in the way. I mess up all the time. 
but it's tough whenever you're reading this. Anyways, there are things that I most certainly wish were different and or better, but when I took a step back, majority of the things we wanted is included in this deal. Every player will get a 17th game check, a 117th game check. Minimum salaries have made a significant increase. We now get 48% with the opportunity to reach 48.5%. Uh, 17 game schedule implemented, blah, blah, blah. Player benefits have improved immensely, including former players. And lastly, work roles around camp schedules specifically are much improved. Overall, this is a deal that is going to lead to NFL players getting paid more than we ever have in the past and i capital letters love that okay so you heard jj watt russell wilson marquise pouncey uh and others we'll show james harrison og uh what he said in a second say no this is the first player you've heard say yes and explain why right so now we are legitimately seeing a difference rg3 tweeted out to somebody who voted yes? Who are the people that voted yes? I want to hear from them. And then they were like, explain yourself. So that's what happens if you're a player rep. I just learned that. I had no idea that this happens. Like you're getting held accountable for everything you do. But there is a real divide in the NFL right now on who did what. James Harrison said that this is the same crappy deal from 2011, basically. This deal shouldn't have been even on the table. And basically, he took a shot to Maury Smith, who's the NFLPA president. He said, do what's best for the players or go work for the NFL to Demory Smith, basically. So that's a guy that was around for the conversations, by the way, after the last CBA. They're like, this guy did this, this guy did this, this did this, this did this. Demory Smith, not in a good position either. But if he doesn't get a deal done and it's a good deal, he's going to look terrible by all the players. Players hate him. And last but not least, Aaron Rodgers typed up a quite a diatribe which I appreciated, by the way. He was the first player to come out and explain exactly why he voted no and why he didn't appreciate where the deal was at. Aaron Rodgers says, I voted no last night. My thoughts was how it was captioned with a hashtag. I voted no last night. My decision to vote no is based off of the conversations I've had with men in my locker room that I'm tasked to represent. Okay, by the way, respect that. Okay, that's what government's supposed to be. That's what NFL player reps are supposed to do. You're supposed to represent the people that voted you in because there is a vote. So look at these guys, Devon Kennard, all the boys going back to the locker room. It's the off season, so I don't know if you have a team text. I don't know how that works, or you're just talking to the people that are in the building. And he says, hey, guys, what are we thinking? And they go, Aaron, 17 games, no, no. And this is the overwhelming response, he says. This deal will affect every player that ever plays this game, and we have made this decision with only an abbreviated version of the deal, and that isn't good enough. Although I do see that there are many things in the proposal that improve the lives and care for the past, present, and future NFL players, there are issues with other things. 16 games to me was never something to be negotiated. The owners made it clear that the 17th game is about paying for the added benefits and had nothing to do with positive feedback received about any extra risks involved with the added regular season game. Also, an extra game for every two seed moving forward on wildcard weekend, i.e. the Green Bay Packers this past season would have no buy. There are also many issues raised about the workplace, the workload, and the offseason program. Some have been addressed, while others have not. With an extra game added to the schedule, added risk, and longer stretches before and after the bye week, we felt it was, ooh, he said is was. Sometimes when you're typing emotionally, though, that type of stuff's going to happen. We felt it was important to address adding more off-season recovery time. The ideas discussed would not add costs for teams. In fact, if anything, it would lessen some of them. My involvement has been for less than the negotiating team, the executive committee, and the owners in these conversations, and I'm sensitive to that and appreciative of the time and sacrifices made. My involvement as a player 
rep and a 15-year player in this great game, though, allows me this platform to share my opinion and at the same time requires me to speak on behalf of the sentiment that I hear from my teammates. So he went on and said, listen, basically, the value of our players and the strength of the NFLPA can only be realized if we ourselves know and believe in our worth. Ooh, that was some deep. I respect the democratic nature of this process and have been and will continue to talk with my teammates on the Packers and my colleagues across the league. So that's the first real diatribe or explanation on why somebody voted no. He said the extra game, by the way, bunch, it's a bunch of malarkey, basically. Yeah, that's what he said, extra game. He talked about the offseason rest schedule and everything like that being good. But I feel like that 17th game for a lot of people is like, hey, if they want an extra week of football, that's an extra, we did the math, the extra 1.5% of the, of the uh, revenue share was $5 billion over 10 years. So that extra 17th game and extra playoff, two extra playoff card, or two weekend playoff games is going to be a lot more money for the NFL. A lot more money. And the OGs know that. And now you're getting to a point where it's like, do you do what the OGs who've been around and are rich, very rich, and are probably going to be affected the most by this, by the way, because playoff checks are less. They're off season. They don't have to do as much. I mean, the OGs who've been around, who are wealthy, who have been there, done that, are saying no. And everybody's like, well, it's because they're rich and they're only looking out for themselves. It's like, well, maybe it's also because they went through the last CBA and witnessed all the regret that happened directly after signing the new CBA. Maybe that's why. I mean, it could be because they're rich and they're out of touch and they're only voting for themselves and being selfish. It could be that. Or it also could be the fact that they remember the conversations that were happening in locker rooms immediately after the last CBA was signed, which was like, man, we got absolutely fornicated on this deal. So although this thing is very interesting and there's a lot of numbers at hand, there is so much that goes into this because you got people making $100,000 that are only playing in three, four games a year, and you got people making potentially $200 million guaranteed who all have to agree on the same thing. That's never going to happen. That's like the elections in America. We're supposed to vote one person to run this country. We are 50 different countries. You go to Miami and you go to Indiana, you're talking about two very different places. Two different languages are being spoken. And now we're all supposed to come together and vote on one person it's a system set up for absolute chaos that's what it is there's no way that somebody who grew up in california and somebody who grew up in pittsburgh are going to have the same ideas or ideals but only one person and one set of people are supposed to govern it that's what it's like for this cba you got people from all walks of life all walks of life i think that's what's great about football by the way anybody can play football little fat guy uh, he can play big fat guy he can play guy that's built like dk metcalf <laughs> he can play. Anybody can play the sport of football from anywhere, and that's why it's beautiful, but that's also why it's so incredibly impossible to make everybody happy, and that's what we're witnessing right now, and this is what the NFL is banking on is a little bit of discourse because as soon as that happens, they ultimately know that they're going to end up with the best deal possible. It's very interesting to see players like Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and J.J. Watt are the ones that are coming out and saying no to the deal because they don't need the 17th game check and they don't need that additional money really but then the the lower half of the players who are on the committee and on our player reps are saying yes because they do want that 17th game check they do want that minimum increased. not just them by the way no no but they, the people there's a lot more of them yeah. who are going to be voting in this than there are the players who have made their 100 million dollars yeah it's very interesting but also it's it's like you can easily say that it's just because they're selfish and they're only worrying about themselves 
But those guys that have all made that money were around for mm-hmm. the last CBA, right? The younger guys who haven't been around as long don't have as much money. Those guys, those conversations of regret, I mean, they were real. Almost every plane ride home for like a year was like talking about, oh, did you learn? Did you hear about this? Boom. Yep. We lost this. Boom. We lost this. Boom. We lost this. There was never any like, hey, we got this. We got this. We got this. It was always like, we lost this. We lost this. We lost this. So maybe those conversations are ringing a little bit true in those guys' heads. Maybe it is just about their money. Uh, I don't, I can't judge for them. The fact that Marquise Pouncey said, yo, young guys, I'll give you a loan if you need it. Hilarious and awesome. Do, is that sentiment shared though? Do you think other players were like exactly? It's like how many guys are actually going to be like By the shelling way, out cash? How for? many guys hopped on Miles Garrett after he hit Mason Rudolph in the head with a helmet? He was the only he one. Only one yeah. Pouncey was the only one. Mm-hmm. Now Pouncey's like, yo, I will give money to the young guys. Marquise Pouncey is a guy you want to be teammates with. You want to be friends with. I'm not sure enough people will do what he's saying or suggesting, but Marquise Pouncey is a guy you want to be friends with. It's funny because Ramon Foster, who is the Steelers player rep, who is a guard who plays literally right next to Marquise Pouncey, who said he's been at every single meeting of these. See, he hasn't come out and said he's voted yes, but it seems like he's voted yes. So, like, is that going to cause something in the locker room? Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. As soon as I let off this entire thing, I was like, locker room controversy is on its way because that's not going to be something that's forgotten about what that's not going to be something watch him like you know in the weight room he's going to do something but that's why you voted yes you know what i mean like ah. and if those guys are locked in like hearing from like rogers or russell wilson like that's not changing their mind is it russell wilson absolutely not (laughs) (laughs) that's no offense to russell wilson russell wilson is an incredibly talented football player but i think the whole split from the legion of boom I yeah. think that has caused quite a um, perception, an, an of interesting him. perception amongst other football players about him. But Russell Wilson is a smart guy. Yeah, guy's a professional baseball player and a professional football player. Oh yeah, he's a Yankee. Same team that the great Bambino played for. All these greats. Aaron Judge is about to make seven hundred million dollars. Alex Rodriguez, Derek Jeter, Steinbrenner family, Rivera. Don't know who that is. Stop it. Okay. And just, Russell Wilson. Just stop it. Stop what? <laughs> You're just trying to get my goose right now, all right? And I'm, <laughs> I'm done with it. <laughs> hey, don't be caught staring at the pinstripes. They're good at baseball, too. It's not, it's not just that they look good and they're marketed well. Russell Wilson and the boys are very good at baseball over there for the Yankees. <laughs> we got a new sponsor. Hey, hey. We got a new sponsor. I'm sorry for interrupting, obviously, but we got a new sponsor. Boost Mobile gives you everything you could want in a wireless carrier so you know exactly what you're getting and exactly what you're paying for. With no annual service contract, Boost Mobile offers a range of unlimited data plans and the latest phones from top brands at affordable prices. Service plans already include taxes and fees, plus mobile hotspot, unlimited music streaming, and more. Step up with Boost Mobile. Step up with Boost Mobile's super reliable, super fast network so you can post up and watch the games almost anywhere. Boost Mobile's super reliable, super fast network is a slam dunk. Step up with Boost Mobile. Switch to Boost Mobile today and get four lines for just $25 per line per month with unlimited data. Holy shit. If you switch to Boost Mobile today, you get four free Samsung Galaxy A20 phones. Perfect for the whole family. A super reliable, super fast nationwide network to keep 
you connected. Switch to Boost Mobile, switch now, step up with Boost Mobile, and switch today and get four lines for just $25 per line per month with unlimited data, four free Samsung Galaxy A20 phones, perfect for the whole family. It's a super reliable, super fast nationwide network to keep you connected. Offers and coverage not available everywhere. Visit BoostMobile.com or retailer for full details. Includes mobile optimized streaming. Users using more than 35 gigs of data during billing cycle may be deprioritized during times of network congestion. Offers and coverage not available everywhere. See BoostMobile.com or retailer for full details. The four four lines for $25 per line per month with unlimited data and the four free Samsung Galaxy A20 phones are a limited time offer while supplies last. New customers only requires port and activation from eligible carrier. One free device per line. Users using more than 35 gigs of data during a billing cycle may be deprioritized during times of network congestion. Offers and coverage not available everywhere. See BoostMobile.com or retailer for full details. Boost Mobile. Okay, I like what you guys are pitching. Go to BoostMobile.com or a retailer, and let's take advantage of what they got going on. All right, that's the show. Had a hell of a lot of fun this week. Became a Heisman of Radio winner. Mm -hmm. Got a chance to chat to some electric people. And we can't thank you enough at home for at work or on the road or at school or wherever the hell you're listening and uh, for being a part of this journey with us. You're the absolute best. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music.